0: Hey, everyone. I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind the Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. We're both comedy
1: writers in Los Angeles. And we want to help. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about
0: cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, okay.
1: everyone. Uh, Welcome to another week of The Antidote. We are so happy that you're back with us this week.
0: Yes, we're so happy. And thank you guys for continuing to share your antidotes. One of the antidotes we recently received was from listener Sarah Lowe. She said, I have to say that my antidote is the Sims, controlling little people's lives, cheating their needs to make them never hungry or sleepy or have to go to the bathroom, getting them a promotion every two days with spare time to master the violin skills. So cathartic. (laughs) Oh. I love that, Sarah.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that just takes me back. I have not played The Sims in very, very long, but um, I'm glad that The Sims is still around, still, you know, has fans. And um, we're so glad, Sarah, that that um, is something that brings you joy. Sometimes you got to take a little brain break uh, and move around other little people uh, that aren't
0: yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So true, so true. Uh, Grace. Yes, I know it's been out for a while but I've been obsessively watching the Halle Bailey Little Mermaid trailer. Oh
1: my god, I am so excited. It's like truly Like I, The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, One of my favorite Disney movies Mm -hmm. of all time. The music is fire. It's really good. And I remember there was a time in my life that our dad used to take us to the movies, like when a new Disney thing came out. Mm. And I remember it was just like, We would go to the Star Theater in Southfield, Michigan, and we would go and we would sit and we would watch. It was so great. And so it actually makes me a little emotional to think that little Black girls are going to be able to see Hallie Bailey as Little Mermaid, and they're gonna never live in a time when that doesn't exist. Uh, is so beautiful to me. And she looked beautiful, she sounded amazing. I loved how they did her like yes. dreads rap. She hit that and, B. Um, B.
0: the CGI looks I was like, yes. Woo! <laughs> 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 Ariel's black, <laughs> she can sing <sang-sang>. sag. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, Ariel will throw a little run in there. That's right. You know, when you have a voice that beautiful and nimble, it would be a shame to uh, not show it off. So I am excited for this entire movie. Like I told Amy before, I was just like, Black Panther 2 is going to bring oh, me back yes. into the theaters. And <laughs> the next time I'll probably go is for this Little Mermaid movie. I'm yes, so excited. Yes, I
0: completely agree. And also just getting a remake of something from the 90s. I mean, we'll talk about it even more with when we get our guest up here. Topher Grace is on a little bit later. But getting a remake of something that we grew up with is so cool when they get it yeah. right. And when I watch that trailer, I'm like, y'all, y'all did it. Y'all did it right. You didn't mess it up. And that's what makes me so happy.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. It it also just gives me. I remember when I uh, first came to New York, I was walking down the street and this little white girl ran up to me, and she was just like, "Mommy, it's Cinderella." The white girl ran up. Oh, and I was just like, "Yeah, (laughs) "Yeah." Uh, So I had like braids at the time and it was just like, oh, my God, like kids live in a world where, yes, there's the Cinderella that you can still watch people. So if anybody has a problem with Ariel being black, you can still watch The Little Mermaid. You know, first of all, call your therapist, and second of all, you can. The other one still exists, so you can. If you like that one better, you can go watch that. But, um, but it was so sweet to me that um, this little girl thought that I was Cinderella because Flawless of was the only Cinderella I saw. Uh, Cinderella honestly. thing.
0: I'm like, literally.
1: <laughs> so I really, I really think that, you know, representation matters. But beyond that, I'm just excited to see this brilliant yeah. artist. Like she is beautiful. She's a great actress. She uh, is an incredible singer. I mean, <laughs> okay, she's signed my she Beyonce. You we know what I'm this. saying? They signed. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just so excited to see um, her do this. So just exactly. um, yeah, sign me up. The I'm gonna buy my ticket right now. <laughs> Wait, what did <Wait, laughs> you say?
0: Say that again. <laughs> Can I buy my ticket right now? Is, uh, I know. The ticket's How do buy it now? Like Disney, <laughs> literally, they did it right. And I'm just like, Disney, you are about to break the fucking bank with this one. So I'm like yeah. really excited.
1: <laughs> well, we wouldn't need the antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from.
0: Yeah. Starting now on top with our bummer news of the week. The first bit of bummer news is so weird. Did you hear, Grace, that The Conjuring house sold for $1.5 million? The Rhode Island farmhouse where the paranormal happenings that inspired the 2013 horror movie The Conjuring has been sold to a Boston developer who plans to keep it open to the public. The 18th century home in Buryville sold for 1.525 million million, far higher than the $1.2 million asking price. There's a new owner, her name is Jacqueline Nunez. Uh, she plans to keep the house open as a paranormal attraction. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I am currently um, shopping for real estate. Is what I think about it. And even <laughs> a haunted house, a house that is known to be haunted, even that is one point five million dollars. Like, uh. damn, this housing market is in. Im- And obviously they listed it at 1.2 and they still got like, you know, multiple offers. It it was sold for for three hundred and twenty five thousand over ask. Mm. See, that's why I can't find no place to live, Amy. (laughs) This place houses are too high. (laughs) Your haunted house is one point five million. I I want a non haunted house. So I I
0: probably got to pay about two. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I literally think it's wild that people are signing up to get haunted. The fact that the owner, Nunez, says, quote, that she's not afraid of the house, nor does she think it will harm her. Bitch, your wallet has been harmed. The ghosts are already coming for you. So (laughs) I'm a little creeped out that people would pay that much money to be that close to stuff that's that creepy and scary.
1: I know. And then I'm just like, girl, did you not see the movie? Because it does sound like the ghosts are dangerous. <laughs> it sounds like they're dangerous. That's why they did a whole horror movie about it. I mean, I won't lie that that I um, I really hate horror movies, so I haven't same. seen it. But yeah, I've seen trailers. Way. I've seen commercials for The Conjuring, and it sounds like the ghosts are not just chilling, being like, "Hey, girl, you want you want some oatmeal this morning?" Like, no, like <laughs> it's like they're doing bad sure things. Ain't. They're like mad ghosts. They're angry ghosts.
0: You're absolutely right. And literally, literally even talking about it makes me scared. (laughs) I
1: know.
0: Just talking about the sale of the home. So we got to move on. Uh, Moving on to our second bit of bummer news. Uh, So I recently heard that there's a startup, a new startup specializing in layoffs. Um, Mm. So basically, let me read a little bit about it. As the tech space is facing plunging valuations, less venture capital and an economic slowdown, many tech companies are laying off employees in great numbers. Kiarna's CEO used a pre recorded video to let employees know that at least 700 of them were about to be laid off, Jeez. but didn't say which employees. The news came up two days later via short video calls, and it was 10% of their workforce. So, because of this, people are like, You need to get better at laying people off. That was terrible. Um, so, now a startup has been founded called Continuum that has been uh, called a quote unquote labor marketplace for fractional executives, (laughs) AKA part-time consultants. And it's basically TaskRabbit, but for high-paid executives. Um, And you can hire a gig worker to assemble, like, you know, you can hire a gig worker to uh, consult on your business, including how now, how to lay people off. That's Uh, where we're at.
1: That is really super sad. Like, you know, uh, that they're looking to like batch uh, fire people, but I guess their their thing is to lay off people more humanely to like fight against that. So I guess that is better than firing seven hundred people like uh, so cold heartedly. So I guess that's that's better. But it's just sad that there's so many mass layoffs right now that in this that you know time of inflation couple. and everything like that that there literally has to be a consulting firm uh to do it and and frankly it gives me up in the air so George Clooney just yeah. do it you, this your company, George Clooney, you you feel bad because you did that in that movie and now you started a company to like be better. I don't know. It just
0: like it feels like a movie. And like apparently Continuum charges a flat fee for layoff consulting services and the fee escalates with the number of employees laid off. And the thing that's the craziest to me is that despite venture capitalists tightening their wallets, This new company, Continuum, finessed investors to hand over $12 million in funding. So my question is, what happens when this layoff startup has to lay lay off people? Like when when the economic downturn goes back up, who are they going to call? Oh, my goodness. They're like, well, guys, watch the video that we made for that company and listen to it and go home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, how do you feel after discussing all of this, Grace? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, comme si, comme ça. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for speaking French for me. I really appreciate yes. it. Um, I don't feel that great either. I'm really feeling bad for people getting laid off. Um, yeah, And that's why too. we need the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace?
1: Uh, a piece of art that I purchased
2: uh, oh, what? It's
1: really, really I see. pretty. Yeah, like, I, I'm going to drop you a link right now so you can look at it. Uh, <gasps> but it's, it's quite lovely. It's wow, very beautiful. Wow,
0: Grace. This is beautiful. Wait. Okay, describe yes, it for people. I, I will it's
1: describe beautiful. it for the listeners. So mm-hmm. um, basically how I found out about this artist is on good old Facebook. Yes, I still do uh, have a Facebook page. I saw a friend, like, this really... Um, great artist uh, that went to high school with me uh his name is kevin palmer so also check kevin palmer out but he uh, was doing sort of a collaboration with uh joe Kenzeno the third uh who is also like a michigan-based artist and they had this beautiful piece of art called mm. cloud watchin and this is a collaboration with kevin palmer and it is just beautiful um So it's got like a hot pink background and it's a Black woman with like a short natural. And then she's got like these... uh, sunglasses but they got colors in them and like she just looks so regal and beautiful and I love to have art featuring Black women in my home and it it really you know I also love a lot of colors Amy can attest that my home is very Mm -hmm. colorful uh like I have a pink couch and I have a green couch and like I love uh deep pigmented colors in my space. It just like makes me happy. So this is a perfect uh, picture. It's featuring a Black woman. It's got a lot of colors. Um, It was like the right size. I was kind of looking for another picture for my office. So it's going to be so great. And then it's really cool that uh, this guy from high school that I know that was always like Doing animation and doing sketches and drawings in high school that he's like making his living um, doing art. So I was so it gave me a double good feeling because, number one, I was so happy that uh, this guy I knew from high school has become this successful artist. And I was like excited, you know, that I had the money to support that work. And then mm-hmm. also just the actual piece of art is so beautiful. And um, I'm going to put it in my office and I'm going to look at it. And um so if you guys go to JC3, uh, so three is the actual number three. So it's jc3art.com. You can actually see cloud watching and a bunch of other uh, pieces uh, by this incredible artist. So go support some uh, Detroit-based Black artists. Um, These are some beautiful photos. So my antidote is also letting you guys know uh, about the art, so you can go support it too. So yeah, that was definitely my antidote this week. Nice. And what was your antidote this week,
0: Amy? Amy? Um, so for me, I, uh, had, you know, a a while back was my birthday and at my birthday party, the rooftop where we were, because y'all know I stay on a rooftop, um, the sound at the rooftop was sub fucking par and we couldn't hear the music loud. It was still a fun party. I had a good time, but I wanted to like twerk to Beyonce and I was really pissed that the music wasn't loud. I didn't show it. It was my birthday. I felt nothing but joy, but in the back of my head, (laughs) I was like, turn up these (laughs) And so there wasn't enough sound at my own party. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we didn't get to dance much. And since then, I've been like, I just want sound around me. I miss concerts. I still have not gone to concerts. I know people be doing that, but I'm not breaking the seal until I go see Beyonce post the tickets, bitch. Um, mm-hmm. But then I'll break the seal. But until then, I'm just in my house and I'm um, listening to music on my fucking headphones. And I have some surround sound in my living room, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't have it anywhere else in my house. And so I actually recently got a new Bose portable speaker that I can carry <sighs> through my house like a little boombox. <laughs> and I had a little Bose speaker, but these new ones, the sound quality is better. And I got to tell you, sis, I was listening to Cuff It and I was listening to Alien Superstar. On this new Bose speaker. And I know, like, it's been months since the album come out. It's still got a lock on me. I don't know what it is. I, I she put no, drugs I in it. it I don't me. know. Yeah. But the album is still blasting for me. And I did not know that in the back of Alien Superstar, Beyonce was spelling unique until I listened to it on oh. my little portable speaker. <laughs> I didn't
1: know. <laughs> you know what? I, I I love that because I think every time you listen to the album and it also has a choke hold on me. In fact, uh, Beyonce, it's very rude that you sprinkle a little crack in there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I I have a Bose speaker, too. Oh, my God. Wait, how cute. What color is yours? Mine is silver. Ooh, nice. And uh, yeah, I listen to, I mean, <laughs> yes, I do listen to the Beyonce album on it, but I mainly use it uh, in my bathroom so I can listen to podcasts as I shower. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, it's, I it's love that. Like, Oh,
0: I'm going to do that with mine. Ooh,
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really great. Uh, Super easy to connect. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like the right amount. It's just like the sound quality is beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so late to do this, but I literally want to have, once I carve out an hour of time, 58 minutes time, I want to sit down and re-listen to the album on the speaker just to hear it all like authentically again without me like cheering through all of it.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I literally sing along too early. You know when you sing along to a song too early and you don't know, know all
0: the words? <laughs> that was me. I was like, alien superstar. Whip, whip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you need to listen to it so you can get the words. But but like, I'm too impatient. I'm, I'm like, okay, learn it. <laughs> I know the first stanza. So I'll, I'll just keep singing along. <laughs> That's exactly
0: what I did. And I didn't realize I had done that until I heard it. And I was like, wow, they're spelling unique back there. And then that's when I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this album. I just keep screaming over it. And just be like, oh my God, I love her. (laughs) I love her so much. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad we uh, are both uh, seen in this way. And I love that both our antidotes were about tapping into art. You know, the art of audio and the art of visual. Yes. Um, if that's a way to describe it. <laughs> we'll be back after the break.
1: Okay, welcome back to The Antidote. We have
0: a very special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Our guest today is an actor and, well, one of the most recognizable faces in Hollywood. While he's maybe best known for seven seasons playing the affable Eric Foreman on Fox sitcom That 70s Show, he's also been a part of the Marvel Universe and he's currently starring in Home Economics on ABC and will soon reprise his role as the aforementioned famous Eric Foreman on Netflix's upcoming That 90s Show. Like what? Ooh. He was a bomb ass tennis player in high school and considered going pro. So he's also sad Serena just retired. Please welcome the super talented and currently uninjured Topher Grace.
2: Woo-hoo! Wow, I mean, fantastic intro, guys! I'm here just for that. Whoa!
1: Oh my goodness, that 90s! Show, I'm so ex- like. First of all, the 90s is having a whole resurgence right now. It's having like, a thing. Bell uh, I don't know. Well, what someone say. at
2: Netflix put that together and went, wait a second. What if, you know, what year would it be in that, in that fictional town? But, uh, yeah, I just, I just went to do it. I, I, cause I have a day job. I could only do one episode, but it was like, everyone was on it. It was so great. Oh, yes. Like everyone, it was like going to a high school reunion and then going back to school in yes. class like, with your teachers and stuff and like oh. going, like, you know, like having the same locker and it all looked the same it was just an incredibly cool experience.
0: Well, Topher is very impressive, isn't he?
2: Okay, well, let's not focus on me. Let's focus on you guys. One, Grace.
0: <laughs> yes. If we
2: got married, your name would be Grace Grace, which Grace, I think is Grace. really cool.
0: That's pretty no. cool. No, <laughs>
1: it's it's very true. And I would be honored. <laughs> what is Grace that? Grace. What's your
2: middle name? My
1: middle name is Nkenge N-K-E-N-G-E, which is Congolese. Okay, that would have been a
2: really interesting name. Grace Nkinge Grace. <laughs> yes, yes, Grace
1: Nkinge
0: Grace. I love it. That's an author name right there. We're I was embarrassed of my
2: last name when I was younger. A lot of other boys made fun of it and said yeah, it was like a girl's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, I realized every girl wanted it as a last name. Oh <laughs> so my I God. That. I mean, it
1: like what a it's it.
2: <laughs> my wife's name is Ashley Elizabeth Hinshaw. And mm-hmm. when I married her, her name got so princessy, so fa- Ashley Elizabeth Grace.
1: Grace. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's iconic. Like, yeah, you can just
2: say like Queen Ashley Elizabeth Gray. Grace. Royal,
1: Yeah, it, it feels very royal. It feels
0: like, you know,
2: princess. Amy's Bible trying things. on Amy Grace right now. How does I that am feel? <laughs>
0: well, I've already tried Amy Edwards because I want to marry Grace. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Amy Grace is also beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Any you know? way that I can get to Maybe we got Grace, like yeah. a kind
2: of a new age thing going on. The three of us We're exactly. to put a label on it. It's what it is. Yeah, great.
1: You know like I always said that if I have a daughter I'm going to name her Grace Jr because like why can guys only name their kids after um yes. themselves right. so so, Topher, if we had a kid, it would be
2: Grace. Grace, Grace,
1: Grace. Grace Jr., you know?
2: Fine, I'm leaving my wife. I'll do it.
1: Okay, just for the Goodbye, story. Goodbye, queen.
2: <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, come on. She'll understand.
0: She'll understand. She's like, she I, 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 can't, pretty awesome. I can't beat that. I can't top that. <laughs> uh, well, this show is called The Antidote because life is hard, and we all need different antidotes from the bullshit. So is there anything... Non work related that's bringing you joy today, this week, this month?
2: You know, uh, my wife is pregnant. We're having our. (gasps)
1: Congratulations! Ah,
2: And uh, my home life is like so different than my work life. I enjoy both, but work is so chaotic. And then we go home, and my wife is such a like. I, I hate talking about it because I, uh, Caitlin, by the way, who plays my sister is like eight months pregnant on the show. So I'm dealing oh, wow. with like, and I'm de- here I'm talking to her and then I'm home. I'm like, I-, I offered to rub her feet the other day. And then she was like, what? And I was like, sorry, I'm in the, I thought I was at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. No colleague. You can't rub I, my feet. She was, she was just like, I don't
2: like that, but I would, you know, could you go get me something or whatever? But like, I, I, um, I hate guys talking about, Pregnant women, like even when they're being positive, I feel like it's like like <laughs> they should just shut up about it. Like she's such a trooper, or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, she's
1: so brave. So brave. <laughs> she's so brave. Yeah. I mean, literally, birth is freaking brave. Like when you see what No, I, it I mean,
2: I, there's like nothing I, I can't say enough. You know, like right, right. I keep right. saying to my wife and to Caitlin. And I'm like, I wish I could just kind of take your pain. Sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even then, my wife's like, just like you know. Don't try. <laughs> just like <laughs> let me watch The Bachelor, whatever. But like we're having just such an amazing time. We, we already have two kids, and just uh like it's so peaceful. It's almost like great because we didn't go on any vacations because of it. So mm-hmm. we're just like hanging out at the house. And uh, anyway, my my home life is like, like the weekend. Me is so different than the weekday uh-huh. me. So I do. I really enjoy being home.
1: Nice Nesting. So it sounds like your wife and your kids are your antidote, which is lovely.
2: Speaking of nesting, by the way, each time my wife gets pregnant, I think she starts to have like a dream of what it'll be like with this new kid. I've now we joke about it now, Uh but the first child we had, she was like, "I feel like I should get an outdoor couch," and I was like, "Okay, like cool." I think she had like a vision of like, you know, she's out there. We know when those sheets, like, what's the whole deal when there's sheets in the wind?
0: Yes. Oh, that's my vision too. Just like drapes outside. For I don't know
2: what was in her mind, but we kind of like set a thing up. And then she, by the way, outdoor furniture is way expensive. I had no yeah. idea until this <laughs>
1: weather, we had to get yeah. this outdoor cat. Yeah. Exactly. It's weatherproof.
2: And it was, um, she used it one time. Cause she's like, you know, it's like a baby. Like she can't, she can't go outside and hang out with the baby. There's like a lot of <laughs> stuff to do. Debris. And then the second child, she was like, cause we'd moved to another house. She was like, mm-hmm. I want to get like a, not a, like a bed, like not a couch. And I was like. This feels like the same thing and it's not really going to (laughs) happen. And I got it. I was like, I started to realize this is the tax of just being a husband, you know, of someone who's out. And I said, okay, cool. We bought a bed and I swear she hasn't even been out on it once. Like she didn't even do the one time on it.
0: (laughs) No, she wants an outdoor house. So, so, yeah, what's what's the next one?
2: A a whole tree house. (laughs) I need a casita. (laughs) An outdoor house. I think that's an outhouse. You're talking about an outhouse. Just a house. So, I mean, she can have whatever she wants, I guess. But I was like, uh, on this one, I keep waiting to see what the, what the, what, what the her dream, dream is going to be. Yeah.
0: I really love that. It's like manifesting this like calm way. Like, oh, it's going to be calm enough that I'll be able to
2: lounge on this yeah, outdoor. Just, my, I it's think like, three kids no. is going to be way calmer than two. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to more calm. For
1: sure, for sure. Yeah. How old are the other ones?
2: We have a four and a half year old and a two year old and they're actually great and uh, mm-hmm. very cute. It's, ages. yeah, home is like, home is just great right now. But the, the problem is, it is such a, I, I wish I could um, balance it out better. But I guess everyone's reaching for that balance.
0: I know someone the other day said um, work life balance is actually a, a myth. It's hmm. now we should think of uh, work life compatibility or something like mm. that. I think that was the word they use where it's like, is your work compatible with the life you want? Is the way you live compatible with the work you do? Mm. And um, because you, the balance is actually just doing one a lot and then doing the other a lot, but that's so really right. That's really so, you it. know, I
2: actually think you, that might be it, which is, it is compatible in the sense that yeah. I, one of the reasons I took the show is 15 minutes away from our house and mm-hmm. I get to, You know, I don't have to travel and I get to see my kids all the time. So in that sense, uh, I'm very happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, I get hard on myself and I, I don't have kids and I'm still kind of like, I have no time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe it's because of how you're filling that time and making sure to take space to like pat yourself on the back when you're doing a good job. Cause it sounds like you are.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm trying very hard. That's I've never, even when I think back to, different times that I felt successful in life. I go, you know, it didn't feel successful when it was happening.
0: Right. Yeah. You know,
2: and I actually think I have this weird theory because I, when 70 show ended, I took off a year and moved to New York and did Mm -hmm. nothing. I mean, I, I, it kind of robbed me of my, uh, I mean, it was a wonderful experience, but it was like, I didn't get to do any of that college stuff. Like I went to New York and, you know, I skydived and did a bunch of drugs and, and yes. so, like every night I saw like a Broadway play, I mean, it was like just yeah. whatever I wanted to do, yeah, um so I kind of had my early twenties, like late in my twenties. Uh-huh. but uh that year, nothing like was that challenging, yeah, and life felt great, and professionally, I was like just careening downhill. <laughs> like, I wasn't like <laughs> trying to do anything or call anything. Like, I don't even think I called my reps that entire year.
1: I mean, I think that that's great. I feel like one thing that we do forget to do as artists, because we're just like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Is Mm -hmm. to live, because I'm sure those experiences that you had in New York, I mean, I lived in New York for 15 years. I know, Amy, don't roll your eyes, Um, because I talk about (laughs) being from New York a lot. But, um, But I lived in New York for quite a time, and New York in your 20s, when you don't Have any responsibilities yet? I mean, probably the things you saw, the people you met from all over the world, like, I'm sure that informs your work to this day, like, as an actor. Oh,
2: yeah, there was a before and after that time. And it was also not even just New York, which is, you know, such a unique experience in itself, but also just not working. I started working when I was 19, and I look back and I go, yeah, that is actually really young. You know, at the time, I was so ready to get in the world, but. I was doing it at a certain point when I was doing movies and the show. It was like, I remember like, I just feeling like a robot. Like it was like, you get actually better at what you're doing. The more burnt out you are, ironically, <laughs> you think you get, I'm sure. It, then you get to a certain point and you then can't work anymore. Yeah, you know, you really can return. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but before you hit that point, I think you are actually, your mind is so attuned with the needs of the thing you're doing that you actually get, better at it, but you know, there's, there's a price, you know, there's a trade-off.
0: Completely. I, But I, for one, uh, for your family, for your wife and for your current job, I'm so glad you took that year. Cause think of all the, like you were in a machine for so long, creating an amazing show, but had you not gotten to go wild, it's like, who would you be now? It's like, I agree with Grace. Like that time must've been Crazy, but also almost like pivotal to transforming you into who you are now.
2: That was wonderful.
0: I heard about something kind of therapeutic that you do. I heard that you sometimes re edit movies on your own, like Star Wars. I was hesitant
2: to bring this up because you guys were like, when I listened to Sashir's episode, you guys were like, what do you do that's not in the industry? I was like, uh oh. Like, (laughs)
0: Because I think this it still counts, counts as something that's not work-related. Because it's not like you're out here trying to become an editor.
2: Uh, yes, and <laughs> I. He's like I actually. Really I want...
0: applied to a few.
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. no. I, I really want the directors I work with to know that I don't want to do that. It's a totally separate skill set. You know, the first thing I cut just to learn how to do it was Atonement. Did you ever see that movie? Yes,
0: yes. I love that movie. The right. next. So the I love that floor. movie
2: too. Oh, but it has these beautiful. flashbacks and I was like, I think they could be in like a different order and you could piece it together differently.
0: Uh-huh. So I
2: did, I mean, I I did such a hatchet job on it. It had a happy ending. They they die in the end, by the way.
0: And in <laughs> my version, version. they live happily ever after. Was but
2: I had a whole different version.
0: It was 35 minutes long.
2: <laughs> no, that's the problem. That was literally the problem. I showed it to my friend. And he's like, that's a great short, but that short film's a little long. You know, it was like, yeah, is... and then I was like, I need to find something that has so much footage people think i'm a huge star wars fan i mean I, I like star wars like anyone but i took the new the natalie portman ones that was the new yeah, trilogy yeah, yeah. At the time i packed it into one 80 minute movie and that's like 10 hours of footage if you put they wow. they complete the the visual effects um you know i'm I'm starting to realize when i talk about this sometimes i lose people like when i'm at no,
0: dinner I, no, with my wife fascinating no i truly <laughs> love it's so like Therapeutic and like kind of just like you're in the zone and it almost feels like you're putting like a hoodie on and you're doing your thing like a DJ or something. You so. you
2: definitely lose a lot of time. Yeah, like I haven't been able to do it as much since I had kids, but it feels like Tetris to me. Like yeah. that yeah. scene is supposed to go here and this connects with that. And I just uh, again I don't want to do it to any of the directors who I work with, my future <laughs> directors. I, I I don't want to edit your thing, but I just loved. Uh, I heard I never went to like a drama school, but I heard in like drama school, they make you like both star in the plays, but also do the lights and the mm-hmm. uh-huh. wardrobe and you know, all this stuff. And I feel like it's kind of a version of like gaining a context of, of where I am.
1: So um, we found out that your first love, like you were a tennis player, uh, like <laughs> in, in your younger days. Uh, so how did that, like, did you still play tennis? Is it still like something you do in your life or, uh, has, has, is that part of your life, um, done and over?
2: Well, I, it will surprise you guys. Know I'm not very athletic on a whole, but, uh, I do, um, I play tennis from time to time. It was the sport I was kind of into. I thought I was basically, I was really good for this boarding school that mm-hmm. I went to.
0: I um, and I
2: was on the varsity team and I, then, you know, whatever I had like a letter or whatever, but once I got, and by the way, I remember going so far as to think, like, would I try this? You know, and then once mm. the minute I got out of school, I went like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. Like, this is <laughs> just because I was in this little microcosm. Right, you're
0: a big fish in a small pond.
2: <laughs> but I basically that's how I got into to acting was was uh, I had I sprained my ankle and I couldn't do spring you know, it was when the, I'd, I'd had small parts in the spring musical yeah. at the school yeah. because mm-hmm. you could go do small parts, but you couldn't do like a lead. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the girls were doing in, in yeah. high school. And like, I'm going so way. then I sprang my ankle and I was like, oh, I can kind of do this thing. And I tried out and I, and I got the lead in this play. A funny thing happened away at the forum oh, and really like all right. the drama kids who were like really in the drama club, like mm-hmm. uh, threatened to quit the show because I was like, <laughs> out of left field you like let Who's that this tennis guy? Like,
0: pro in here
2: no no I'm <laughs> right. i wasn't even a jock i was like nothing they were like why is this guy? he's not even like he doesn't oh even God. spit when he acts you know they, they were all like uh,
0: <laughs> he doesn't care enough to spit no, they were all doing those,
2: you know those like those takes that you know real actors are doing in high school yeah. where it's like yeah. like father you know <laughs> <laughs> father! father why I have know. you forsaken me you know <laughs>
0: Actor, but and I was like kind yeah, of like
2: writing sudden. jokes and stuff. And it, and by the way, it was a strange production of that show. The the director didn't show up that much, so we kind of added a lot to it. And it wasn't good, but it, I think it was like very original for high school kids. And yeah. that's the show that the producers saw me in. So it was like oh wow, very short after that. Yeah,
1: you know what? There's there's a book wow. that uh, Oprah um, talks about a lot. It's called When God Winks. And like when I hear moments and like we talked to a lot of people uh, on the show uh, about their journeys and there's those moments that um, just lead you along the right path. So, yeah, that sprained ankle was your moment to make a whole transition. You had no idea that it would lead you down a whole life path, a whole life career. That that is so cool. It's no, so and, interesting
2: to look at is I was bummed. Like, and yeah. that, that's so funny about what yes. you're saying is like when you're really bummed about something like step back first, it might actually be the best mm-hmm. thing that ever happened to you right yeah.
0: and the worst thing yeah. that happened to them drama kids because they're exactly. being like i didn't get the
2: lead let <laughs> me tell you something but they all for to this day, they all think <laughs> if i hadn't tried out they would have starred in you <laughs> wow. know nah, the mom
1: was no. no. for grace i'm sorry <laughs> and then as somebody who is president president of the thespians in um
2: oh no grace are, are you are you a, are you one of the people you were yeah, mad one at me. Of those
1: people. Uh, she was but crazy. You know, I'm like, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I, I, no, I just had my own take. Don't apologize to me because you know what. But I, but I understand what that like when you get into like these theater like communities and you're like, oh, we're the theater kids. We wear our varsity jackets too with our theater letter. Like I was one of those nerds, so I understand like the the absolute. Uh, crazy situation you probably walked into as like someone who just (laughs) auditioned for a play once and all of a sudden was the lead like I know they were big man
2: (laughs) here's my question because you're obviously an original mind Mm -hmm. and you know any school that had like a big deal theater department that their plays were like kind of like the kids were like robots like they were doing like a low-rent Broadway play. And I'm sure, Grace, if you were involved with the production, you were probably not... You're probably trying to do your own thing in the same way, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew... I, You know, I wanted to be an actor since I was, like, eight years old. So, like, I... Yeah, I was really trying to... Uh, trying to do it. But yeah, I I think I was different. I think I was kind of like you because I um, came from like a Catholic school to like this public school. And so like all the theater kids, like they knew each other because they did theater in like middle school together. So I was kind of like the fresh face too. Um, And yeah, I never bought into the cliquishness of that um, honestly, I was like the little drama teacher's pet, and everybody was mad at me because they're like,
2: Why does oh, Grace? Where are they now, Grace? It's and just you and me here. They where now? are they now?
1: I'm talking to you, you know what I'm saying? They're listening right to to now, and other. they're going,
2: Yeah, we oh, got them. <laughs> Your show's all about being peaceful, and I'm talking about revenge, but no. but uh, you know what. Sweet. But
0: you know what? We are unbothered. And that is the point. <laughs> yes. uh, Topher, we feel so much better now that we've talked to you. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, me too. This is
2: uh, as fun as I thought it would be. So thank you guys.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Do you have anything? Well, obviously you have something coming up that you would like to plug. You want to uh, tell us when and where we can find Home Economics?
2: You can watch Home Economics. The real answer is Hulu anytime. Yeah, but yes. it's on Wednesday nights at nine thirty on ABC, and uh, and you know, enjoy. I don't know. I or or yeah, don't watch, watch it. it. You know what I mean? Do whatever you want to do. Don't let me tell you to do anything. <laughs>
1: watch him live because you get better residuals that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, watch live. Watch live. It yeah.
0: only is available on ABC at 930. Yeah, it's only
2: available <laughs> night of, okay? And if you have a Nielsen box, if you're listening and you have a Nielsen box, just put it on. You don't even have to watch put it, it on, okay? Put
0: it on. Walk out of the room. Leave it on. <laughs> yeah. And where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, Just my name. uh, I'm I'm not very active on that. Sorry. (laughs) I'm getting (laughs) older. But uh, I do have a Twitter that I sometimes do things on and sometimes Instagram. But I'm like, you know what I found? I'll tell you guys a little secret. Now that I've had kids and the pandemic happened, I just like I'm scrolling back like five years for for pictures. I have zero content.
0: You're like, it's all uh, TV. What is it? Throwback Thursday. TBT. Yeah, it's all (laughs) TBT. (laughs) TBT. No, people love those, actually.
1: Uh, So I believe that people would just consume just old pictures of you uh, from before. So uh, I'm going to check you out.
2: Um, or just hit up Google. Just type my name into Google. You'll get a bunch of those. Go to you. Google Images. That's
0: where you can find them on the internet.
2: Google. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. Me in Google.
0: <laughs> Thank you just so Google much, Rover. Thank can you, you. Google so me much real quick.
2: Over. Before we go, can you guys just Google me real quick? Just Google me. Thanks. <laughs> Let me know what's going on with me. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Okay, to close this out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote?
0: I sure am.
1: Hit me. Okay. The beauty of art is that it allows you to slow down, and for a moment, things that once seemed unfamiliar become precious to you. And that is by Kahinde Wiley. I'll say it one more time. The beauty of art is that it allows you to slow down and for a moment, things that once seemed unfamiliar become precious to you. Kahinde Wiley, who painted Barack Obama for the portrait gallery, amongst other amazing things.
0: Um, I don't know what the term is, but there's a term in like psychology where when you see something Once for the first Mm -hmm. time and you remark it, you start to see it over and over again. I thought Mm -hmm. it was insight learning, but it's not insight learning. I can't remember what the term is. But what this quote kind of makes me think about is that how, Mm -hmm. where you can be moving through the world and be like in your head and not seeing certain things, but then like one day you'll pass by like a neighbor's house or something and be like, oh, those are really pretty pink flowers. And then after that, every day you walk by, you notice the pink flowers. Or if you like- you know, drive a certain car, you're lo- You're thinking of buying a, a, a certain car or something and suddenly you're driving around the city and you see that car everywhere. And it's not that there's more of that car, it's just, it was unfamiliar and now it's precious to you. Um, yeah. That's what this quote kind of makes me think of is that when you slow down to notice something specific, that specificity can continue to pop up in your day, in your life. Um, and sometimes that can be not only just in, Art, like visual art, like the things Mm -hmm. that I've mentioned, but also story themes. Like, as Mm -hmm. writers, times when someone will be like, No one's ever done a show about blah, blah, blah. And then you'll be in conversations with a friend at another time, and suddenly that topic will come up again, and you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, and it kind of keeps planting in your head until you start to kind of work it out later and start Mm -hmm. coming up with what it could be. Um, That's what this makes me think of that something just out of reach suddenly becomes like important in some way. And then sometimes as an artist, you can't shake it until you deal with it. Yeah, or make it into something. You yeah, know? yeah. What does it make you think of?
1: Yeah, you know, it makes me think of a couple things. Um, the first thing it makes me think, I was talking to uh, my friend ER the other day and uh, they're, um, they just read The Color Purple again. Um, and then they mentioned this quote, uh, I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. Um, And so this quote combined with that quote um, is that we are often, as human beings, partially by necessity, like rushing through life and not stopping to notice things. Like we live in Los Angeles, like there's a lot of beauty, there's mountains and you know, yeah, some of it's a concrete jungle, but um, but there's palm trees and, you know, you can go on hikes and there's so much beauty that's everywhere. Like it's sort of a tropical location. I mean, I guess it's a desert, but, you know, you, you could see like citrus trees and su- such beautiful flowers. And sometimes when I'm going on a walk, I like make myself. I'm just like, Grace, stop, drop mm. into this moment and look around. Yeah. And sometimes I just notice like the most beautiful colors, the birds and the sounds that I'm hearing. I mean, this is something that, um, you know, meditation and stuff is like helping me tune into. Right. And I feel like the art of being an artist uh, is to notice um, like when I was in New York, it was like the perfect opportunity for this. Like, obviously there's interesting people in Los Angeles as well, but we're often in our cars and stuff like that. But I remember just like walking down the street in New York or sitting on the subway and listening to someone's conversation Or sometimes I used to like to just go to Central Park with a book. And yeah, I would be reading my book, but every so often I would look up and I would look around at the people and I would imagine what their lives were like and Mm -hmm. like, oh, I wonder if that I wonder if they're, they just started dating or they've been dating a while. or And then I'd make up little stories for myself in, in, their head, in my head. And I used to do that, you know, both as an actor and as a writer. And it's those moments that sort of color in the texture of your work when you are trying to fill in, oh my God, this scene is kind of laying here. I need like right. something, something, something to like <laughs> spice it up that I'll remember, mm-hmm. like, this moment I had or this thing I saw or this person, I think, and that it does become precious to you. It's just like, because you're just like, oh, my God, I can, like, spice up my scenes, spice up my work, spice up my characterization with this thing that I saw and that now is quite precious because now it's become part of my work. So, um yeah, that's what it made me think, noticing things around you. And I think that even if you aren't um, an artist, I think it's just genuinely um, important to like, instead of rushing around through your day, like to to just take a moment. Like if you're going for a walk, take a moment to look at the grass and the trees and the people. Yeah. If you are in your home, like, oh, my God, that piece of art that I bought uh, in that place Um like just think about like how much you love looking at it like it's really just about this quote to me just means sort of about dropping into whatever moment you're in and either using that for art or just using that for the thing that we are always creating which is our own
0: lives yeah i love that that's great
1: Okay. So thank you for listening to The Antidote. We hope that this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at gracyact. That's
0: G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobe. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And go re-edit your life. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producer Sierra Spragley-Ricks, associate producer Taylor Polidor, and Marcel Malikibu.
1: Our executive producer is Erica Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson.
0: Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by Titi the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in
1: charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi
0: and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American public media. Whip. Whip. <laughs> <laughs> yes.